Hello friends, welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. Today I have my lovely wife, Lindsay, on the podcast today to talk about the Enneagram, to talk about uh, subtypes of the Enneagram, instinctual subtypes. We're also going to be talking about wings, and we realized, as you'll hear, that we probably should have did a recap episode just about the Enneagram in general. It's been a couple years, but we decided to do things backwards because we kind of do it that way sometimes, and it's cool. So, Hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it helps you define a little bit more about your type. Hopefully it brings a little bit more clarity uh, to you and your Enneagram type. If you're not familiar with the Enneagram, this episode may be kind of confusing. Um, It might not really make sense. It might do more harm than good. (laughs) So if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, I would highly recommend listening to the Liturgists podcast episode about the Enneagram for an overview. There's also another great Enneagram podcast called The Road Back to You. Um, I would go online and I would look up a free test. I like the one from eclecticenergies.net. That's a free one. Uh, It tends to be pretty well for me. So I would understand more about the Enneagram, research that some more, do a little bit of diligence, uh, get comfortable with it, and then uh, revisit this whenever you're ready to understand a little bit more about Um, the subtypes, instinctual subtypes, and the wings. So we're going to be talking about the self-preservation, the social and the sexual subtypes, as well as the wings. And uh, I'm really excited to jump into that. So also as well, uh, I do have a website up. It's called thespiritualnomad.org. I would love for you to check out some things. I offer some different services there, uh, some different coaching stuff. Uh, If you're somebody who has been around church culture for a while and maybe have had some traumatic experiences and you're trying to understand how to live and be in the world after being a part of certain uh, rigorous religious systems. Uh, I do help with some coaching and training from that. Um, I'm still an ordained minister. Uh, It's kind of funny to say sometimes, but I still am and I really care about people and I want to help out in any way that I can. So if that's you, I would love to uh, schedule a session with you. Uh, Also, my wife and I do some Enneagram stuff as well, and uh, we'd be glad to help you understand your Enneagram type a little bit more too. So all that's on thespiritualnomad.org. Also, I'm on Instagram, likely on Instagram too much, but hey, it's what we do, right? Uh, That is at the underscore spiritual underscore nomad, and you can find me, Luke Bricker, there, and... uh, Connect with me there. Send me a DM. Say what's up. And uh, should be a lot of good fun and hopefully some good content there that will help you on your spiritual journey. So without further ado, let's uh, jump into this episode with my lovely wife, Lindsay. What's up, Spiritual Nomad World? We got a special, special guest this evening here on this rainy San Diego day. And the guest that we have is my beautiful wife, Lindsay Bricker. A round of applause, everybody. (laughs) So Lindsay uh, has been into the Enneagram with me for how long do you think we've been in Enneagram for? Almost three years. Probably. Right? At least. Yeah. At least three years. That's true, yeah. Probably like four years or, or so. Yeah. I was into the Enneagram. We moved to San Diego in winter of 2016, and I was into the Enneagram 
before we moved here. Oh, I didn't realize that. So, so I, was I didn't know you. my type. I was just learning about it. Uh, I actually heard about the Enneagram for the first time on a podcast with Rob Bell and Richard Rohr. So Richard Rohr was on Rob Bell's podcast and talking about Rob being a seven. I had no clue what that meant. Um, I just thought I like both of these guys and I should probably look into it. And I've been, I don't know. We like personality stuff though too. We do. And, but back then we didn't give as much merit to it though, Mm -mm. because we were pretty steeped into a, a version of Christianity that I think like, we're like, Oh, what's all, what do you need to know your personality if you're new in Christ? Yeah. You know, and you're just kind of like. You know, riding the focus on that. isn't on yourself as much. Exactly. Yeah, it's about serving others and like, you know, which is still great, obviously. And it was about knowing God, which is still great, obviously. Yeah. But it's like, if you don't have a deep sense of self, then both of those things aren't going to be too helpful for you. Yeah. And you'll usually burn yourself out in the pursuit of both of those things because you never knew yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> We've been in the Enneagram for a while. I did a, a podcast episode about the Enneagram with my friend Corey Bruins like years ago on this podcast. And we recorded it at a brewery in Ocean Beach and it was super <laughs> loud and some drunk guy like tripped over my cord and <laughs> it was kind of a shit show. <laughs> and um, the audio was kind of questionable or whatever. And you I think... You thought you were a different number then. Yes, that's right. So we need to do a new Enneagram episode, yeah. although this one isn't really talking about specifically just about the Enneagram period. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned it too in your first episode about oh, anxiety yeah. and panic, panic attacks in small groups. Yeah. So we'll do another episode. Actually, so we're kind of doing this little ass backwards. That's okay. Unless we want to talk about the Enneagram now, but I think we're kind of excited to talk Let's about talk this. Let's talk about this. Okay. So we're doing it a little backwards, but... We're kind of backwards. So that's <laughs> how we work. That's <laughs> how we roll. And, um, but I guess I'm just going on air saying that we should do a podcast episode again, refreshed, because I was just getting into the Enneagram like truly. Mm-hmm. Whenever I did that with Corey, I mistyped as a three for just a little bit. I think it was due to my circumstances. Now I feel at home and definitely know for sure by your, you know, confirmation that I'm a seven through and through. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Lindsay, I, I'm not going to speak for you. You tell, you tell everybody what you are. Oh, I'm a six. Lindsay so the six. loyalist. Yep. The loyalist and the enthusiast, mm-hmm. which can have a difficult time pairing together. Um, with your number. Yeah. With sevens mm-hmm. and sixes. But I think what we're talking about today is crucial to understand how we actually can function together really well. Yeah. Like, because. I, yeah. I think we should dive into that. Yes. On another episode, though. Okay, yeah, I know. My point with that is, you're right, though. We should dive into that <laughs> because we... There's a lot just, to unpack. <laughs> yeah, sixes and sevens don't necessarily always understand each other at the fundamental root of who they are because it yeah. is so vastly different. Mm-hmm. But what we want to talk about today, because this is what you're excited about today, Lindsay's been uh, damn near talking my head off about this stuff today. <laughs> She gives me that look. <laughs> I love it because I, I love learning and being intellectual. And so I think this is where our relationship actually shines in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Is we are both very, very curious people. Um, it's just, uh, you know, <coughs> you okay? Yeah. All right. Lindsay's dealing with a little bit of a cold, but <laughs> it's going to work. Yeah. And um, so 
you were really bringing up about the subtypes and about wings. Yeah, so it's called um, the instinctual subtypes. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was listening to a podcast today, and the lady was explaining that um, that there has been more of a focus on our integration, so where you go in your health and in your stress, as opposed to focusing more on our instinctual subtypes and our wings, Mm -hmm. that that's going to be a little bit more of a guide for you when you know when you're trying to discover what number you are at your core as opposed to your integration um does that make sense the yes difference yes yeah because i guess there was she was explaining that um in san francisco they were taught about the instinctual subtypes they were taught based on that concept and that's how you discover it and then um because of a Catholic priest, I guess. I don't know the full story and I might even mess it up. But We <laughs> he, believe you. <laughs> he brought it back, but he was more on the East Coast. And he taught based more on integration. And that was actually just an idea. That was nothing that was like um, set in stone. This was just a concept, I guess, that a guy yeah. had. And they kind of took it and ran with it. Um, so what this lady was saying is, is that's not a good place to... Like that's not a place that you want to focus in on trying to find your numbers in your in your integration numbers, like the stress yes. and the yes. and the growth and health. Yes, it's I've actually we've talked about that a lot because as a seven in my stress, I go to one, and in my health, I go to five. And there's a lot of times where I feel like we've gotten on the rabbit hole of talking about that so much that I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I at my core am nor a one or five, so let's put that on the freaking yeah. shelf here. <laughs> yeah, I'm seven. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. I get frustrated sometimes. Like it's, it's helpful to yeah. know your integration and disintegration. Mm-hmm. It's helpful to know that. I don't think it's wrong to know that by any means. Obviously no. that's part of the Enneagram. However, I think sometimes we can get so caught up with that. For instance, um, there's a guy that I know that's a five and, um, he was talking to me about how whenever he's in his health, he goes to an eight. And when he is in his stress, he goes to seven, you know. And I haven't seen this guy in a long time. And I've seen him again recently. And we talked about that in conversation. And I was seeing him in his conversations. And since I've not been around him in a while, I was able to see that coming out. And it's almost like he's embracing this eight number. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems faux. Yeah. Because and not true mm-hmm. to his fiveness. Because I have another good friend that's a five. One yeah. a, a very very good friend that's a five. Mm-hmm. That his name may or may not be Jason Coker. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, at Oceanside Sanctuary. And it's like I. Everybody's different, you know. And yeah. I like in the Enneagram, people say, you know, how is there only nine numbers? And it's like, well, just like you know, how many shades of red are there? Yeah, infinite, right? So there's going to be infinite, infinite shades of different these numbers. My point being is the integration and disintegration is this five, for instance, was tr- thinking that if he just acted more like an eight, that would somehow make him healthy. Yes, yes. That's not true. Yes, because I've done that. I've researched nines because I'm like, oh. Well, I need to be more like a nine. Right. Where that would be out of character. That wouldn't be true to my character and my personality. Right. And I would be forcing something. Um, I don't need to be studying really about nines. I need to be focusing on sixes and what that looks like as a healthy yes. six. Yes, yes. You know? 
And we get really caught up in that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we end up, like, like I said, focusing on these lines yeah. instead of the actual core. Mm-hmm. And so, back to your point about yeah. focusing. So, my thing is, and this is where you kind of not rebuttaled me today, but rather just brought up the idea more so of looking into these different, uh, what'd you call them? So they're instinctual subtypes. Instinctual subtypes. Mm -hmm. Because I thought that we should really be focusing in more on our root core number. Yeah. Forget, you know, sure. Whenever I get stressed out, I get super organized and detailed like Mm -hmm. one. Sure. Whenever I'm healthy, I get more curious and intellectual like five. Fine. Leave it at that and move on Mm -hmm. at the core of my being, you know? Yeah. Focus more on figuring out what your instinctual subtype is and also your wings. Yes. You know, stay closest to your number and, you know, figuring out what it looks like to be healthy as your core number. Okay, talk to me more about the instinctual subtypes because <clears throat> you brought this up to me maybe six months ago or a yeah. year ago. So I've been reading some stuff and um, one thing about the instinctual subtypes is, is that they're like separate from your personality and they're more like behind our life strategies is what I read. And this kind of, I'm just going to read from this cause it's, they wrote it out really well, but it just said like, if one imagines the Enneagram as a plate of food, the instinct determines what you eat first and last. This relates to what we believe is good for us <clears throat> or what we require to get, um, what we want and need in this world. And, but break down. And I think that's really good. Yeah. But what you eat first what are what are those things so what are they break, those break down the sexual yeah. the so there's self-preservation three, yeah there's three subtypes and it's social sexual self-preservation are the three and each type each number has these three um so whatever type you are you are more like you may have attributes of all three but you like you said yes. the the food plate mm-hmm. analogy, there could be there is mm-hmm. one that is your number one in depth yeah. there. Really quick, can we just talk? Well, we'll get into that one whenever we get to that. Yeah. Whenever we get to the sexual one, which I already that already sounds like my favorite one. Uh, <laughs> um, let's let's talk just a little bit about that because some people don't use that term for it really oh, anymore. Oh yeah, but yeah. We'll get there whenever well, they, we get yeah. there. So you um, whatever whatever route you think's best to break them down and let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, so the different, so I guess, where should I jump in? Cause there's three different ones. So, um, is so, there a generalization of each one of those? Like I have a few that I can just put out there real quick that kind so of, so you're explain. telling me the Enneagram's complicated. It's extremely complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like processing what I learned today, but I've actually been processing this for well, a little while. Like I said, you've talked to me about this like a year ago. Yeah, I think yeah. last summer you like burned my ear up for a couple of weeks about this, you know? Yeah. So you've been stewing on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's not something you just learned this afternoon. No, no, no. Just a little bit better understanding of it. Yeah. Um, so the self-preservation, it governs our need for material supplies and security, food, shelter, warmth, and family relations. Hold on. Slow down. Tell me again. Give me a slow. Are you yes. going to cut that? <laughs> no, just go for it again. Just, okay. Just so, speak it. I want to hear it again. So our self-preservation, it governs our needs for material supplies and security, food, shelter, warmth, and family relations. Um, the social governs our need for belonging and membership within the larger group and community. Sexual, which can also be intimate, um, or, or the freaking or one to one. Some people say, 
If I don't you're know. a really nerdy ass Christian, you're <laughs> gonna say one to one. Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, it. <clears throat> so that one governs our sexuality, intimate relationships, and close friendships, and the vitality of the life force within our own bodies. Um, so what you're gonna want to do to figure out where you stand if you are a self-preservation social or sexual yes you need to those are the three that you just broke down right yes and there's no test for those you need to have a general idea of what your number is and then dig deeper through that i'd say not a general idea you need to know what you're well this can help you know oh okay got it got it got it some people don't even know their numbers and this is still even just a guide even more so for them so tell us how how that would help people type them well, so like, didn't you say that like maybe a particular six may mistype as like a nine or a two because yeah, I mean, there's definitely characteristics. So like for me, for instance, I've scored a six, and I didn't even like that because everything I read, I was like, "Geez, this sounds like me at my worst," you know? Like mm. I don't like any of these things. Yeah, I was pretty pissed that I got a six, but. Um, <laughs> multiple times. And I took the test. Lindsay kept taking probably it. Probably five different times. And that's, she was you know, so bad. Even from different <laughs> websites and the same. And I just kept getting, you know, the same number because that's what I am. And she was anxious about her getting a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Um, and just in the last few years, I joined a Facebook group and everything, like I told Luke, I said, it's so frustrating because people post things and I'm constantly feeling like I just don't relate. And anytime I try to put out advice, like I want to like help these people and they don't respond to me. They don't like anything I have to say. And this is like stuff I've learned to help me. Yeah, what's up with you people on that Facebook page? Come on. <laughs> but I've always felt a little bit like for some reason I don't, I know I'm a six, but I don't relate to anybody. That's a six. Mm. So I could see where people would be frustrated and find like get confused and think, well, maybe I am something else. You know, I'll lean more into my wings sometimes because I'm like, I just don't feel like I'm a six. Um, so I'll like focus on those more. But um, so when I started studying the um, the uh, instinctual subtypes, I when I realized what I was and even sixes, it gets even a little more complicated because you start dealing six, with yeah. phobics and then counterphobics and that can change things, too. Um, but I realized that I was a sexual counterphobic six and what i found out was is that means i'm a counter type so i actually don't look like a six i can actually look more like an eight and sometimes a three and it just like once i figured that out it just made so much sense and i just was thinking about how important it is for people who don't like they've scored a number but they're just like i just don't see it you know because each type has a counter type yeah so it's really important. Six is really the only type that kind of gets some air time, though, about having a counter type. I didn't know that every type had a counter type until you told me today. I thought only six had like a counterphobic yeah. type. Yeah. But I think it's because six is the most complex type on the Enneagram, if I'm not mistaken. It's yeah. the most versatile because yeah. you have people that are like kind of the stereotypical sixes that are like yes. scared of everything. Which is what you read on the definition. Yes. I'm like, okay, that's not me, but okay. <laughs> right. But what holds you all together mm-hmm. is your core motivation. Your core motivation. Exactly. And 
So really, it's getting to the bottom of that. Um, and, you know, just really being doing the diligence of, of studying that and then studying the wings is very important too. So if you're in a place of not sure, like, you know, I'm scoring this and like, I kind of see it, but I don't like start studying the instinctual, instinctual subtypes, because that is probably going to help you narrow down the difference because, you know, like I was listening on the podcast and they said, you know, you can get a person that's, um, social and they're always kind of like doing things for people and you're going to automatically say, Oh, they're a two. Well, no, they're, they could be a social nine. And they just look like a two, but that's the social side. That's the something they have in common with every other type. We all have these characteristics, Mm -hmm. but it's the core motive. So, you know, it's super interesting. Like you talked about today, one of our friends that's a seven, you're like, you can see the similarities between us, but you're like, you guys are very different. I would have never said he was a seven. Right. Him telling me that it was a surprise. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, that's interesting, you know. But Until, I couldn't quite type him as anything else either. I was like, oh, I don't know what he well, would be. Well, we thought maybe like two. Like yeah, okay, you're two, right. Yeah, I, I guess that's or true. Or nine. And then we learned yes. that like the social seven could potentially... Look like a two and a nine. Right. So we're like, oh, that's why we were... Yes. Because we said, it's kind of interesting that, you know, this yeah. person is a, is a seven. And we provided uh, <laughs> our own input. Yes. <laughs> stating two or nine. Not supposed to do that. Not but. supposed to, but... <laughs> Everybody does it. Hey, listen, <laughs> everybody that sounds, you know, enlightened about the Enneagram always talks about how you can't type other people and you can't really type other people. No. That doesn't mean you can't have conversations <laughs> about typing other yeah, people. Everybody does it. Even the most self-righteous <laughs> person in the room does it. Don't yeah. give me that. You know, so I'm just saying for all of you out there that feel judged by people because you're trying to type everybody that you know, you're not alone. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, do we want to talk a little bit more about the instinctual uh, subtype some more or do we want to um, do you want to finish up on that a little bit or you want to move to some wings how do you want to yeah um, or you want to throw both of them in there yeah we could just move on to that I think that was well I, I okay actually so I have something about the subtypes then okay um, so with the subtypes do you think that in trying to identify those for people could that potentially make things Obviously, all of this is making it more complicated, Yeah. but it's supposed to be something that's going to aid you in finding your core number. Mm -hmm. However, like for me, and I know sevens and fours can sometimes mistype a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so me being a creative and, you know, that type of kind of a, a emotional, more feeler type of person, I do resonate with some stuff of fours. One of my best friends, too, who I thought for sure was a seven, came out as a four, you know, came out. That's a really bad way of putting that. Yeah. You know, he I mean, I guess it's proper, but um, he's a four. And I was like, oh, no, whatever. But I heard you speak of a counter type with a four today or subtype. I'm sorry. A uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, I resonate with that actually a lot. Do you think this could potentially make people feel more confused than what the Enneagram already is. Cause we said like in essence now, if you, there's nine types and let's say you put a counter type, those nine types is it's there ultimately sick. 18 or, types. Yeah. You there's know, like, you yeah. know, um, <laughs> I, 
hey, I'm an artist, not a mathematician. <laughs> so you can say whatever number you want and I'm going to agree to it. Um, so my point is, is like, we want to try to help people. The reason we're making this episode is so people can have some knowledge available to them uh, about this. So ultimately you can do more research on it yourself. Yeah. This is not going to be your conclusive guide to this. Yes. We're just opening up the, another the direction to, to try. Yes. For you to do your research based on your type. My, so anyways, question to you is how can people still navigate looking at the subtypes through the couple of numbers they are like if I was teetering between seven and four and I'm reading the subtypes, you know, talk to me a little bit mm-hmm. how motivations can help you know, way through that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's kind of a hard one. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can answer it, honestly. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Cause like, I've not really feel like I've been in a place where I struggled with it as much like that. Like I wasn't like figuring out like there was another number for me. Um, like, what are you saying? Like, what is it that you need to, like, dig deeper into? Like, how do I define myself as a seven if a counter or if a sub instinctual subtype of a four sounds kind of right to me? Yeah. I guess it would depend on what is it that sounds right about it. Mm. Because I would say that, I mean, we all carry very much a lot of characteristics. And it's I would say it's probably possible that there are things that could be just like a four. You know, that's why you see that so much. I would say some of this stuff could kind of blur into each other in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just Could it be thought. too that like, I know you're explaining to me about like the, any type can be like an artist, but like the creative types yeah. are like four, sevens and eights. You were yeah. saying four, sevens and eights. Yeah. So could it be uh, that? I'm just trying to wade through that. I know for sure I'm a seven. Yeah. I mean, you could break but... it down to living in the head space, the heart space, the, the gut. And then you could talk about. Um, you know, creatives, you could talk about aggressive, you know, you could talk, I mean, there's just so many things you could break down about each part who, you know, is leadership and all these things. And I would say probably the ones that are connected and maybe in the creative space, they probably do share a lot of qualities. Yeah. Um, people that are in the more dominant numbers probably share a lot of qualities too. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. No, it's helpful too. I think it's helpful to some people that are probably listening as well. Um, I think it's understanding yourself a little bit too and knowing like, you know, some of those attributes about yourself. Yeah. Are you creative? Are you, um, oh, you know. How is it being married to somebody who is both aggressive and creative? (laughs) (laughs) You give me a lot to think about. I, I just, it just dawned on me. I'm both in the aggressives and in the creatives, and I've got to drive you freaking I think it helps that nuts. I have a seven wing. Sometimes I can understand you. Yes. <laughs> Which, okay, let's, let's transfer into some wing stuff now. So um, you thought you were a six wing five initially, but we learned, I think, pretty quickly. And through the subtypes that you certainly have a seven wing, because I think that's what... Even we, Myers-Briggs actually kind of helped me with that. Yes. Just to throw that out there. Myers Briggs helped me with my Enneagram too. You know, I'm an ENFP for Myers Briggs. What's yours? ISFJ. ISFJ. I'm an ENFP, and like (laughs) overwhelming amount of ENFPs are type sevens. Mm -hmm. Um, Some are type fours too. There's some types of all of them, but primarily it's type sevens, you know? 
Um, but I think for the wings, like for you, we realized like, oh, that's how me and you function the best. We say this over and over. Me and you have the best time in our relationship when we're having fun together. Mm-hmm. That's where we shine. Yeah. When you get us to try to do like a project together, yeah. though. We're both different problem solvers. We do yes. things very different. And yes. we're both kind of aggressive when it comes to that. Yes. Well, we're mind. both stubborn in our modes and methods. Yeah. And it can sometimes not be good. Like, Lindsay and I can't really cook dinner together. Like, people have this really romantic idea of that. <laughs> And we put any Unless stop I to assign that. you to do like guacamole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guacamole king. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that for sure. That sounds kind of three of me. Um, yeah. So um, I was just with my, my cousin, Jonathan. Um, I was visiting Indiana by myself, which was odd. And my seven self was like feeling spunky because I didn't have like any responsibilities for five days other than to like ride motorcycles and play music, you know, and catch up with people and have parties. And we had a few parties and whatever. And Lindsay's looking at me like, dang. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it it was great. Uh, But I got coffee one morning with my cousin who's a one. And uh, I've never heard it put like this. We were talking about wings and he said, wings are like, because I said, I feel like sometimes I could almost be a little bit bi-winged, you know? I was really frustrated to even admit I had a wing, by the way, uh, whenever I was a seven. I was like, I don't think I have a wing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was just me in denial of embracing because I have people in my life that are both sixes and eights. Don't even give me that look. You're not that to me in that way. That that I really what's that? No, I'm I'm not gonna name the people on here, you know. Yeah. But I have people in my life that are both sixes and eights that I didn't really want to share qualities with, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a whole nature and nurture thing to all of that, and there's different temperaments and behaviors and attitudes and yada yada. Um and so I began to admit that every type does have wings and wings by the way i'm gonna put the nail in the coffin on this thing because this is so annoying and i'm hearing people talk about the enneagram and they say this your wings if you think about the wing of a plane it's right next to it and connected Mm -hmm. so if you're a seven you either have a six wing or an eight wing Mm -hmm. you're not a seven with a three wing yeah that's on the other side yeah. The freaking, you know, thing. Yeah. It, 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 so I, I'm so annoyed sometimes. Like you were watching a video about the Instagram. This guy's like, you know, from Northern Ireland or whatever. And he had heavy accent. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not going to try to do the accent. But he's like, <laughs> yeah, these people had a seven wing. Or there were, a, there were seven with a three wing. I'm like, dude, I hope nobody's paying you to be an Enneagram coach. Because <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, I, I loved how my cousin Jonathan said, just like your arms, Mm -hmm. your arms are connected to you. You can put them out beside of you, but you do have one arm that's stronger than the other, but Mm -hmm. you use both. Yes. And one hand is preferred over the other, unless you're an amazing ambidextrous, you know, (laughs) badass, you know, most of us are right-handed, left-handed. You have a preference. You use that more. And that's like how it is with your wings on Mm -hmm. the Enneagram. And I thought that was really helpful. Yeah. 
Um, Which makes sense why you should focus on those as opposed to your integration. Just to throw that out there. Please, no. Because those are your, like, that. what are attached to you. <laughs> exactly. It's wings are attached yeah. to you. You look at a bird flying, it's 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 how they soar, right? Yeah. So uh, embracing your wings helps you fly more efficient, Yeah. I could say. Um, so talk to me a little bit about some stuff that you have for the wings and the importance of it. You don't have anything for us? I don't think I have anything on the on the wings, but, you know. The integration. Yeah. So anyway, that's my two cents on the wings. But <laughs> I think that if I could... You know, please jump in. But I think that uh, if people want to get a better grasp of their personality type, um, focusing on their, what'd you call it? The instinctual subtype. Instinctual subtype, mixing that with the wing, I think that that will help such a definition. Um, that you'll be able to then live into more of yourself that will give you more freedom then. Yeah, it's going to help you really understand yourself too. Yeah. So, yeah. Because we want to talk about this for that. So, because we, the Enneagram has gotten so popular. Uh-huh. And it's very popular. You know, I don't, <laughs> I, we're certainly not like the first ones to the playing field on that. Yeah. But we have been toying around with the Enneagram for quite you know. Yeah, I'm kind of always researching it, actually. Like, it doesn't really stop for me. <laughs> I'm, like, always looking at information. And, like, I listened to a podcast today, you know. It's just, it's, I just feel like it's a really great tool for people. And um, it can just lead to so much more stuff in your life. If you, you listen know? to Ram Dass, though, he says all that personality stuff's not real. You know, I mean, it's definitely linked to the ego, I believe. Yeah. But I... Will say that was the start of my journey for looking inward. Yeah. I needed to start somewhere. And that's where it was yes. for me. A word about the ego as well is that the ego isn't something to be treated like the devil. Yeah. Um, it has. It can have a healthy impact. It, it, yes. But it does have some diabolical qualities if you let it. For sure. <laughs> However, every single one of us is going to walk out the door and we have to be somebody on this plane mm -hmm. of existence. And that is where understanding your personality and understanding the ego and understanding yeah. how you can use it as a mm -hmm. tool. Uh, you know, a lot of spiritual teachers want to avoid any sort of ego at all costs that the, you know, the ego is the cause of our, our suffering and our pain. Yeah. And I'd say that certainly you need to have a loose relationship with your ego. I yeah. mean, that's something I think you and I both learned. Like we aren't our ego full yeah. stop. Like yeah. that's, there's no period after that. Yeah. Like our ego is a part of us, yeah. not us. Not like I've the. kind of quit focusing so much on how can I perfect? I mean, I'm at a place now, not, not like when I first got into it, it was different, but I'm at a place yeah. now where I'm not like trying to perfect my, um, I'm not focusing so much on how to be a healthy six. Yeah. I'm fo focusing more on my spiritual life and yeah. in return, everything else becomes healthy because, you know, starting inside does, but I will say there is good things to see about your ego and to make changes on, you know, we can be really, you know, we could just do a lot of things that can cause a lot of harm to ourselves and others. So it's definitely good to look, pay attention to that. Um, yeah. I know a spiritual gangster has a shirt that says, uh, 
you know, your ego is not your amigo. <laughs> I like that shirt. <laughs> and I would say it, it may not be your friend, um, but it should be your servant. Yeah. And it wants to be the master. Yes. It always wants to be the master. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, you know, you should make it serve you well as a tool because yeah. everybody has to be an ego and you better bridle it. Yeah. And make it useful because that's how you're going to feel the most confident mm-hmm. and the most secure and the most yeah. peace and the most uh, accessibility to, you know, yourself and the people around you yeah. and and build the most bridges. And so you might as well just dial it in. And true. but I love what you said about focusing on your spirituality and growing as a person that it is already a part of you. So like it's not necessarily something that is is separate from you, but it is a part of you, but it isn't you in your fullness. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully you're tracking, you know, listener with that. So, but it's kind of like a layer, that, you know, it's a layer on you. It is a layer. And as you define and bring about your holistic life, it will by itself begin to shape into health. It does. It does, because it is starting inside, just like your health in general. Like the way you, if you want to look healthy and be healthy, it starts inward. You got to eat right and take care of your body. And yeah. It always starts there um, and to really be like affected and transformed. I would say it has to start inside. Um, but starting, you know, in this can lead to more. That's what I, I don't, yeah, I almost think to understanding it um, and maybe looking at it because it's taken you a while to get to that inner part that's yeah. going to help bring it healthy too, which, you know, maybe we can talk about some of this that it, I don't want to get too off the track of this, you know? <laughs> uh, but point being is that this stuff is really helpful. It's really important because every one of us possesses an ego mm-hmm. and this is just helping bring, you know, identification to it. You know, mm-hmm. I think, what I tell a lot of people, you know, everybody's like, I don't like labels, you know, and I don't like this or that or whatever. And, and I remember sitting in a staff meeting one time and one of pers- back whenever I was on staff at a church back in the Midwest and uh, one of our, our lady pastors was like, yeah, I just don't want to like put any labels on anybody or anything or whatever. And I was like, well, I mean, I I I understand the sentiment of that and I understand like the equality of that and everything however if i go into the grocery store and i go down the vegetable aisle uh the canned vegetable aisle i'm gonna be really shitty whenever there's no labels on any of the cans (laughs) and i'm coming there to buy some canned sweet corn and i come home with freaking kidney beans you know what i mean yeah so it's like stuff does serve it It has its place a place uh it or we'd all be the same but then okay (laughs) So if you want to follow with that analogy some more, there's false advertising <laughs> mm, man. and you could get all into that yeah. metaphor really quick. Point being though is at its <laughs> core, what is it? Is it corn or is it freaking kidney beans? You know, I don't want to yeah. hear all the other marketing crap that comes with it, but understanding you, understanding your label in the world doesn't have to be a super negative thing. And I understand I come from the underground punk rock hardcore music scene so i get it like you don't want to be labeled you don't want to conform you don't want to you know i i understand (laughs) and guess what there's a label for that (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so um, embracing that helps us grow. Understanding our subtypes help us grow. Understanding our wings help us grow because mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. It's about a growth and mm-hmm. progression Yet the paradox of knowing you already are and any growth is only uncovering what you've been the whole time, but yet have pulled covers and blankets over and the health is only moving away all of those things to see what has always been and what is true to the depths of you. You said it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was good. Well, friends, Join me on Instagram. I'm on there quite often. Also, too, uh, if you are interested in some Enneagram coaching, um, we do that. Um, I do that. Lindsay can be available to be in on those as well if you want us both to do that. Um, You can go to thespiritualnomad.org. You can click on there to set up an appointment and we will certainly get that scheduled. And we would love to talk to you personally if you need some help with this. If you need help understanding your subtypes, we would be glad to to help you do that. And you can set an, an appointment to do that on the spiritualnomad.org. Uh, join me on Instagram as well. I'm on there quite frequently, probably too much. Uh, it's at the underscore spiritual underscore nomad. And I uh, look forward to doing another podcast. We'll do another Enneagram one. Enneagram, if I can <laughs> freaking say it right. Enneagram one soon enough. Just simply about an overview again. Sounds great. Lindsay, thanks for being on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. I love you. I love you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Being enough sappiness going on here.